Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. Well, when we last left our heroes, Joshua, the successor to Moses, had successfully led the Israelites into the land of Canaan, or the Promised Land, and each of the tribes had inherited their portion of the land. Unfortunately, however, the people did not listen to God and did not completely remove the previous peoples from the land. Instead, they allowed many of the former inhabitants of the Promised Land to remain in their homes and pay tribute to the Israelites. This is not what God had wanted, because he didn't want his chosen people to become corrupted or distracted by the customs and gods of the other people. Quote, And an angel of the Lord came up and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt, and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. End quote. Well, unfortunately, Joshua and all the other original Israelites that had lived during the days of Egypt and the Exodus are now dead. Quote, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them. End quote. So the people of Israel have now entered a new phase of history, where no one has firsthand knowledge of the mighty miracles that the Lord did for their parents. And for the first time, they are living in close proximity with other people who have other gods, other priorities, other customs, all things that become strong temptations for the people of Israel. The Lord begins to call judges to help guide the people. But for the most part, the Israelites begin intermixing with the natives of the land and corrupt themselves in the eyes of the Lord. This leads to cycle after cycle of them being defeated and taken into captivity and oppression, forcing them to repent and call upon the Lord for help, who then sends a judge to liberate them for a season, only for them to fall down again once free and begin worshiping the idols of the world again, resulting in more captivity and oppression, and then another judge, and, well, you get the idea. Quote, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because that this people hath transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice, I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died, that through them I may prove Israel, whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein, as their fathers did keep it, or not. Therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out hastily, neither delivered he them into the hand of Joshua." So what can we learn from this ongoing story of the Israelites that lasted for hundreds of years during the period of the judges? Disobeying God's commandments is nothing new for the Israelites. They had been going through cycles of disobedience ever since Moses liberated them from Egypt. The difference now is that there's no one left with firsthand memory of the miracles that God did to deliver the people from Egypt and lead them through the wilderness. Now, those are just stories. And as each generation passes, 
those stories probably seem harder to believe, harder to relate to. The Israelites are no longer a band of refugees just trying to survive. They're now an established people divided into 12 tribes who have built a civilization in Canaan. They have other priorities now besides just worshiping God. They have their careers, their hobbies, their politics. There's just not as much time for God anymore. Life is more sophisticated and complex. And as the people spend more and more time in their new world, they spend less and less time with their God. I think this same process affects you and I. Whether you're a multi-generational Christian or a first-generation Christian, the miracles and spiritual experiences that originally brought our families into the gospel of Jesus Christ become distant in our memories. If we aren't continually adding new experiences and opening our eyes to new miracles occurring around us, it's so easy for Christ to get edged out from the center of our lives. We have our jobs, our families, our recreational activities, our streaming services, our social media accounts, our schools, our kids' extracurricular activities. There's so many things that seem important that compete for our time that what time do we have left to focus on our God and Savior? If we're awake for 16 to 18 hours a day, how many of those hours do we give to the Lord? How many minutes of the day are we thinking about Christ? compared to how many we're thinking about other things? Are we intentionally blocking off time in our day to build our faith and serve those around us? Or are our lives so frantic with everything we think we need to do that by the time our days wrap up and we have a few minutes to study our scriptures, we're just so exhausted that we just fall asleep or have to decompress with the latest episode of our favorite show? What does all this do to our spiritual health? and to our ability to receive the blessings that Heavenly Father has in store for us. Well, let's remember what he said to the Israelites as they began to forget about the Lord and break their covenants with him. Quote, I made you go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. End quote. Our God loves us, regardless of whether we're currently loving him back and he will never break his covenant with us. But if, like the Israelites, we forget our side of the covenant, to always remember the Lord and take his name upon us and keep his commandments, then this delays God from being able to continue moving us towards our promised land and towards eternal life. The Israelites had to wait 40 years to enter the promised land and then experienced time after time of being carried away into additional captivity and oppression, delaying their peace and happiness. But God never forgot about them. He never broke his covenant. He just had to wait until the people came back to him so that he could start leading them down the road again. As you and I struggle with our desire to be disciples of Jesus Christ and accept his invitation to follow him today, Let's try to remember the Lord in our frantic day-to-day lives. Let's evaluate which activities in our lives may be preventing us from having the time we need to dedicate to learning more about our Savior. And then let's pray for the courage to make the changes necessary to always live in God's presence so that he doesn't have to wait to keep leading us back to the promised land. Let's get there as fast as we can and ensure that we and our children never leave again. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next week.